0: Good morning. Welcome, everyone. We're glad that you're here. I can uh, tell by the, the crowd of people here today, it must be the last week before school starts. Uh, people are uh, doing their last uh, little hurrah for the summer before school starts, and a lot of people are traveling and out of town, and I can't say anything about that since I've been on vacation myself. Uh, so um, we're glad, for, glad that they're able to do that. And we look forward to them being back next week. And we're glad that you are here this week and welcome you here to Community Baptist Church. We welcome our guests especially. Uh, you're very important to us, and we hope that you'll feel very much part of our family as we worship God together today. Let me remind everyone of our attendance uh, sheets that are on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take that and to fill it out and uh, give us the... Information that you have on, on there, uh, name, address, telephone number, email address, and check the appropriate box. And, and uh, especially if you'd like to receive uh, our email newsletter that comes out each week, be sure to put your email address on there and we'll get you on that list. Uh, we have several announcements uh, uh, we'd like to bring to your attention. Uh, first of all, Upward Basketball and cheerleading is right around the corner. Uh, we're gearing up for that, and I think Sybil has an announcement. Where's Sybil? <laughs> Never know where she is. There's, here she comes.
1: It is that time of year again for us to gear up for Upward. We are still in need of some commissioners. We're needing a volunteer commissioner to organize the volunteers we're needing a cheer commissioner to kind of organize the cheer coaches. We're needing a prayer commissioner. So if you um, are interested in any of the organizational duties of Upward, we are having a meeting this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Please come to that meeting. Um, if you don't want to be part of the commissioners, we're still needing volunteers. We need cheer coaches, basketball coaches, referees, greeters. There's Lots of volunteers back in the concession area. There's lots of volunteer positions um, that we have that we're still needing. We will have our volunteer breakfast next Sunday, the 11th, um, at 9 o'clock. So be in prayer about volunteering, and we will have a volunteer table set up Sunday for you to sign up to volunteer if you want to do that. If you still want to help out with volunteering with Upward and you don't want to be as committed as being a commissioner or a volunteer, we are going to pass out brochures to the schools the week of the 12th. And, of course, you know, we like to take cookies to the teachers as a way of saying thank you for passing those brochures out when we distribute them. So I am needing people to volunteer to make cookies. Um, we're going to need about 20 to 25 dozen cookies. So if you're interested in helping out in that way and you want to make a couple dozen, two or three dozen cookies, um, you can bring them next Sunday or the 12th, Monday, um, here to the church, and I will make sure that they get divided up between the schools and distributed along with the flyers. So we have lots of positions and um, opportunities available for you guys to help out. As you know, this is a church-wide ministry, and we need everybody's help. So if you want to see this ministry continue here at this church, please be in prayer as to how you can help out. And um, hopefully we'll see you in the meeting this afternoon at 4.
0: Okay, thank you, Sybil. And that meeting's at 4 and not 4.30, is that right? I don't think it says in the bulletin here. okay, 4.30, good, and the reason why is because we have a mission team meeting at 3.30, (laughs) right, Mike? Okay, I want to get that straight there, so we got mission team at 3.30 and the Upward at 4, so you you can see that there's a lot of uh, things going on, Upward is gearing up, we have a lot of positions, a lot of opportunity to volunteer, and this is a very important ministry of our church, so I hope that you can uh, involve yourself with that as well. We have uh, taken uh, the month of July off with our our Wednesday programs, our Wednesday dinner programs, uh, and that will be resuming uh, this week. We'll be uh, having our regular Wednesday dinner uh, resuming this week at 545, and so we hope you can come and join us for that. And uh, then we'll have our Bible study afterwards at 630 and our youth and our children's activities as well at 630. Uh, One other thing, um, coming up in October uh, we're going to be having uh, our, we're going to be participating in the Highway 60 yard sale. That's October the 4th and the 5th, and uh, we will probably set up up here at the corner of Highway 60 by our sign up there, and uh, have our yard sale and cook hot dogs and hamburgers for people that are participating in that. It's a big deal, folks. There are thousands of people that come through there, and uh, and so here's the thing that you can do to help us with that. And this is particularly important and particularly um, significant in light of today's sermon. Bring us your stuff. (laughs) Today's sermon is titled, What to Do with All Our Stuff. Here's what you can do. Bring it to us and we'll sell it. And if we can't sell it, we'll give it away. Okay, so if you have stuff that you don't want to use, that you want to get out of your house, bring it starting now. And we'll set it up in a uh, we got a room up here set up that we'll we'll store it in October and then we'll set it all out for the yard sale on October the 4th and 5th. So bring us your stuff. And then on October 4th and 5th, go and buy somebody else's stuff. (laughs) Pam. Bigger items? We can just put them back in the corner here. Yeah, we can just put them back in the corner here. Sure can. All right. Well, everybody, it's good to be here with God's folks and, to, and with God's people to worship God and to, um, to share the love of God with one another. So let me invite you to do just that. Let me invite you to stand and share the love of God with each other as we worship, as we uh, greet each other.
2: Anybody's audition on Tuesday. Well, they, uh, is there a sign up or anything? The show? Yeah, you know, which I get <laughs> to. I don't know if he's taking an order. Uh-huh. I think he, I've never done one of his auditions. I've yeah. always been on the other side of the table. And what he usually do is that he'll go, everybody who has TV, at TV, at TV is going for sure. Everybody who has an event or is for him. And then I get to the draw. I okay. have okay. to be there at a quarter till six. Well, I'm gonna be there at five regardless. Oh, really? Yeah, just in case. You never know. I mean, it doesn't, if there's a sign up, then, like, you know. I own it doesn't happen, I, I don't know why it's I I I crazy. I, I, I haven't done a count. I've got a house.
0: Please join me in our responsive reading for today titled Trust God Alone. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and everyone who dwells within it. We come to you, O oh God, and that we are yours, and we place our security in your hands. We have lived our lives on earth in luxury and in pleasure. We have fattened our hearts and our souls. We come to you, O God, confessing that we are bound to
2: the materials of this world, and ask you to help us to place our
0: priorities where we belong, with you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. We've come to you, O God, hearing
2: your words that we can serve, O God and Yahweh. We've come to you try and describe the things between
0: our worldly comfort and our heavenly blessings. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above. We come to You, O God, imploring You, loosen the grip of our fists as we hold tightly to what we have. And most importantly, loosen the bond of our hearts as we desire more and more. Help us, God, to truly trust in You. Amen.
3: Our scripture reading is Luke twelve, thirteen through twenty one. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you. And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich towards God.
4: We don't have a car. There we go. We don't have a carpet down here, but I'm not going to keep you for a long time. But I've got a gift to give you today, so you may want to come up close. How about that? Is that as close as you want to get to me? Come on, I'm not going to bite you. All righty. Do you know that God gives you all individual gifts? Did you know that? And your gifts that you have may be different than the gifts that I have. You thought Santa gave gifts? You know what? He does give gifts too. You're right. But God gives different kinds of gifts also. Did you know that? We're going to talk about that this morning. And I've got a gift for you. But first I want to tell you about some people that I met this week that I was really, really impressed with. And they have some gifts that they shared. And they were, there were about 32 songwriters in town this week from all over the United States. One lady was from Alaska originally. Uh gentlemen from Texas, Oklahoma, most all of them reside in Nashville now, and they are songwriters. Have you ever thought about who writes the songs that we've sung this morning or the things that you hear on the radio? That's who does it, songwriters. And there were a bunch of them in town this weekend. And what do you think? I was talking to them this week, and I said, um, Tell me some of the common denominators that all of you all have in common. And you know what one thing that I heard from a lot of these songwriters was? Somebody helped me at some point in time get to where I was. And that's part of what God wants us to do is help one another and help each other. And that gets back to the gifts that God gave us. Some of us are really good at organizing things. Some of us are good at talking to people. We all have different gifts that God has given us. Y'all have a big week this week. What happens on Thursday? You go back to school. That's exciting, and sometimes it's a bit scary. You got a new teacher. Some of you may have a new school. Some of you may have new friends in classes. So I've got something to take or to give you to take to, to school this week, okay? And here's what it is it's a pencil. I'm going to give each of you two pencils. All right? So this is one way that you can share your gifts, is you can give a pencil to somebody else that may not have one. All right? And i tell you what else I'd like for you to do this week. Let's just say you're out on the playground and you see somebody sitting by themselves. Why don't you go up and ask them if they want to join you and your friends? Or if you're in line, let somebody in front of you. And here's another biggie that I want you to do this week. I want you to tell your teacher thank you. You can tell her or him thank you for whatever you would like, but just tell them thank you because they play a big, big role. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for these children. Thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. Help us to be grateful and aware of the gifts that you give us and share those freely with others. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You can go back with Miss Virginia to Children's Church.
3: Dear Lord, make giving a blessing and not a burden. As we reflect on all you have given us, make us eager and willing givers. Make our faithful stewardship bear witness to the love of Jesus Christ in our hearts. We dedicate this money, Lord, for the work of the church, and we ask you to use all that we have and are in your service. Amen.
0: Thanks be to God. I hope that's the spirit of all of us here today. There was a woman who uh, lost her husband several years ago, and she developed a friendship with a man who had also lost his spouse, and they were a perfect match. All their children agreed that they should get married, and so a date was set, invitations were sent, and the invitations read like this. Phil, Richard, Karen, Allison, John, Matt, and Steve request the honor of your presence at the marriage of their mother and father. Because they are combining two households, they already have at least two of everything, so please, no presents. Reception and garage sale immediately following the ceremony. You know, we do seem to accumulate a lot of stuff, don't we? In fact, there's a form of OCD that has become more evident in recent days because of a popular TV program called Hoarders. It seems that some people simply find it almost impossible to throw, sell, or give anything away. And what will happen to all that stuff when we die? Well, I'll tell you what will happen. Your children We'll have to sort through it all and separate the treasures from the trash and throw most of it away. So does Jesus have anything to say about this subject? Well, he sure does. Someone came up to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide our father's inheritance with me. And, and that's a battle that even Jesus didn't want to get involved with. Have you ever seen how some people act sometimes when it comes to dividing up an estate estate? Even nice people sometimes go years without speaking to their siblings because one family member got some heirloom that another family member thought that he or she should have gotten. And apparently those kinds of things even happened in Jesus' day. And that's why Jesus said, Man, who appointed me to be judge between you? And then Jesus decided to turn this family squabble into a teaching opportunity. He said, watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. He said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops And then he said, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger barns so that I can store my surplus. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty laid up for many years to come. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. And then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Then Jesus said, this is how it will be with those who store up for themselves things but are not rich towards God. Now, this is an important parable. And yet the sad truth is that most of us don't see ourselves in this story. You see, in our eyes, we're not rich and we're not foolish. But actually, we have more in common with this man than most of us would like to admit. You see, not many of us have escaped the domination of materialism that is so pervasive in our society. And it's all around us. So what is materialism? Well, I ran across this poster just recently that pretty much sums it up. you hear that? Materialism. Spending money you don't have on crap you don't need. That kind of sums it up, doesn't it? That's what materialism is. It's, it's the desire for bigger houses, nicer cars, boat, a swimming pool, a large screen TV, a camper, a new furniture, designer clothes, the newest gadget. The list goes on and on and on. And the advertising that we see is is very carefully designed to increase our desire to acquire. We buy a certain perfume because after all, I'm worth it. They even aim our their advertising at our our children and, and they instill within our children from a very early age the the lure of stuff a few years ago they marketed the cool shopping Barbie. get that the cool shopping Barbie she came with her own mastercard and a cash register with a mastercard logo on it and and a terminal that Barbie could swipe her card through And of course Mastercard's pretty adept at pushing its product as well. I mean, who in this room has not heard the phrase there are some things that money can't buy for everything else there's You've heard it. My friends, because this is, this hits so close to home for us, it's it's difficult for us to Approach the subject of materialism without the risk of some of you just tuning me out. Because many of us already feel guilty about our affluence. We know that most of the world's population don't live as well as we do. And they may bother some of us. Yet, like the rich young ruler, we don't want to give up what we have. But there's another problem as well. Because you see, some of us may not be as affluent as we appear that we may be. One man was asked, what would you do if you had all the money in the world? And he said, I would apply it to all my debts as far as it would go. (laughs) Folks, there are a lot of families out there who are in serious financial trouble these days. We are told that the average American family operates just three weeks away from bankruptcy. As Adlai Stevenson used to say, there was a time when a fool and his money were soon parted, but now it happens to everyone. (laughs) So it may seem like the pastor is meddling when he feels led to speak about money. But there's some principles in this story that are critical to our lives. And some very practical things in this story that are critical for our lives. For you see... This rich fool had devoted his life to acquiring stuff. But now it was time for him to die. So what would happen to all of his stuff? Would it go on the auction block? Would it go to ungrateful relatives? What was the point of his life? Well, unfortunately, this man thought that his wealth had bought him security. He wanted to store up more and more and more so he could be secure in his life, but it could not protect him from the grim reaper. And that raises this question of what ultimate benefit is our money to us? What is its proper role in our lives? And the first thing that we need to see here is that The tragedy of this man's life was was not that he was wealthy. But it was that he had no commitment to anything else. It seems that there was nothing in this world that he was committed to except making money. And now he had come to a place in his life where he had all the money that he would ever need. But no real purpose. You see, the tragedy of this man's life was not the abundance of his wealth, but the poverty of his values. He had counted on material success as his greatest goal. And now he had it. But there was nothing else to live for. Did you know that the word success only appears one time in the Bible? And that's in one particular translation. In most of the translations, it doesn't appear at all in the Bible. But in one translation, it appears one time in the Bible. Only one time in all of the Bible, thousand-something pages, it appears one time. And then it doesn't refer to money at all. That word is so important in our society and for many people the word success may be the most important word in their vocabulary. It's their their primary goal in life. Talking about financial success. But let me challenge you to make a list of the things that you're committed to besides making a living. Things like your family, your community, your church. Maybe the Red Cross or a Scout Troop. These are all possibilities. And now let me challenge you to sit down and make a list of the things that you'll do for your family or the other things that you're committed to besides making a living. Do you take time for your spouse or your children? What are the ways that you give of yourself, not simply your money, but of yourself to the things that you believe in? And what I'm trying to do here is to help us to avoid the snare that this rich man fell into of living only for the purpose of accumulating wealth. You see, mammon, that's a word that's used in the Bible sometimes to refer to wealth. Jesus uses it sometimes, and it's actually a reference to a heathen god, mammon. It's a heathen god of accumulation, basically. Well, let me tell you something. It's an insatiable god. There is never enough to satisfy him, and it will never give you peace. So be careful that you're not saying, "Sometimes I'll have time for that, but first I have a mortgage to pay off. First I've got the orthodontist to support. First I've got the college to save for." Don't be careful you're not saying that. You see, for those whose lives are dominated by wealth, who are always putting off the more important things because we're so busy seeking financial security, for them, tomorrow never comes. So make sure that you know what your priorities are. Make the decision now that you will be committed to more than just making money. The second thing that we need to see is that It's important that we have a plan to manage our resources. I said that many of us have more in common with this rich fool than we might care to admit. But our problem is not the money that we have. It's managing the money that we have. You know, if you think about it, it's amazing how much money goes through our hands a few years ago smartmoney.com reported that the average American citizen will spend 2.9 million dollars in a lifetime. 2.9 million dollars. Folks, that's a lot of money. And of course most of most of us just let that money just kind of slip through our fingers. So for many of us the problem's not money, it's management. One, month, one man said that it's true that money talks. And usually what it says is, goodbye. Folks, if we don't have a plan for the wise use of our finances, our money will continually say to us, goodbye. It'll just kind of slip away. And the question that God asked the rich man, then whose will these things be? This tells us that this man did not have a plan for the disposal of his wealth after he died. And you know, it's amazing how many people never get around to making a will. Maybe we don't like to face the fact that one day we will be leaving our possessions behind. But it's true. We can't take it with us. We can't take it with us. And if you do have a will, you need to take a look at it from time to time. Your situation changes, and so your and so your plan should change. I, my will needs to be updated right now, I can I can tell you, because my situation's changed. I've got two, a, two uh children that are not minors anymore, and so I need to change my will. And I'm gonna get to it, it's on my to-do list soon. Hear that, Susan? Somebody once asked, I wonder how much money a certain billionaire left behind when he died. And his friend responded, he left it all. And you know something? So will we. We will too. So wouldn't it be smart to make sure that the money we leave behind will be put to a good use? And we need to make sure that our family is taken care of. That's, a, that's a first and foremost that we need to do. We need to make sure that our family is taken care of when we die. But you can also provide for the ongoing work of the church when you die. Did you know that you can leave the church in your will? You can make the church a beneficiary of your life insurance policy. You can. And what better way to leave a lasting legacy than to provide for the needs of God's kingdom here on earth? But here's the thing. If we don't plan for the disposal of of our earthly possessions when we go to be with God? Guess who does it? Uncle Sam. The government. I don't trust them to do away with my money the way I would like for it to be disposed of. Or maybe greedy relatives will take care of that task. And it may cause a family feud as it did in our story for today. So, So why not sit down and make a plan? That's what a will is. It's a plan for the management of our finances when we go to be with God. And that's the second principle in this story. We need a plan for the management of our resources. The third thing we need to see is that the rich fool never discovered the joy of generosity. The joy of using money to bring happiness to others. There was a man, his name is not as well known as that of the Rockefellers or the Vanderbilts, but, but, but there was an American philanthropist named Dr. Daniel Peterson, I'm sorry, Pearson. And Dr. Pearson had a lasting impact on colleges all throughout this land. He grew up poor, very poor. He worked his way through college, living in someone's attic and cooking his own meager meals. And if you've been to college, it's probably the equivalent to ramen, uh, you know, the, the staple of most college students these days. He became a school teacher. He studied medicine. He became a farmer. And later he engaged in the lumber business where he was very successful He was blessed with a wife of whom Dr. Pearson says she wanted me to make money to give it away. And Pearson did have a knack at making money, but he didn't keep it. He used it to help young people who were struggling to to get an education. And he provided endowments to 47 colleges, particularly in Appalachia. Here's how he describes his life. He said, I've had more fun than any other rich man alive. They are welcome to their automobiles and their yachts. I have discovered that giving is the most exquisite delight in the world. I intend to die penniless. And he did. My friends, Daniel Pearson knew the joy of living for others. We could truly say that he laid up his treasures in heaven. And we may never have the money that he had, but folks, let me tell you something. Whatever we have, we can learn the joy of generosity. There are worthy, wonderful people who need our help and we need to give. Not for their sake so much, but for ours. You see, the rich fool lived only for himself, and he never learned that generos- that joy of generosity. And then finally, Jesus tells us that the rich man was was a fool because he neglected his responsibilities to God. Bruce Larson, in his book titled Believe and Belong, tells about a wealthy Christian businessman who was asked to come back to his home church to speak to a Sunday school class that he attended when he was a young boy. And the children were curious about this man who was now worth millions of dollars and and they asked him to, to tell how it all began. He said, well, it all began right here in this church. He said, those were hard times back then. And I was a young man. I didn't have a job. I was, I was very poor. We had a guest preacher who came in. And he said, give your life and all that you have to Jesus, and he will bless you. He said, I had $3.54 in my pocket. It was all I had in the world And I put the whole thing in the offering plate. I gave my life to the Lord that day, and and he's blessed me ever since. He ended his talk with a little question and answer period, and the first hand that went up was a little boy in the front row. And the little boy asked, Mr., could you do it now? Could you do it now? He didn't know what to say. It's a hard question. Because, folks, it's easy to trust your resources to God when all you have is $3.54. But it's a lot different when you have millions. Maybe that's why Jesus warned us so often about the dangers of wealth. I mean, on the basis of disposable income, it ought to be easier for us to to give generously when you make $80,000 a year than when you make $20,000 a year. But somehow it doesn't work out that way, does it? Somewhere along the way, our money stops serving us and we start serving it. And Jesus says, you fool. I hope that's not it. And I hope we can learn from this rich man that there is no lasting security in what we have. Take heart. Take to heart these four principles that this story teaches us today. Make sure that you are committed to more than just making a living. And I've got to tell you, folks, you've got to make a living because you have to have money to live. You have to have money to buy what you need. You have to do that. But make sure that you're committed to more than just that. That doesn't have to be the end all in your life. Secondly. Have a plan for the management of your finances. Both, here, both now and when you die. Thirdly. Learn the joy of generosity. When you do that, you will find that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And finally, when you are making your financial plan, begin with your responsibilities to God. What does it profit someone, asked Jesus, if they gain the whole world? but they lose their soul. Amen. We're going to sing number 482, All to Thee. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the guy that Bruce Larson was talking about. Can you really do it? Maybe all you have is $3.54. Maybe you have a lot more than that. Can you really say you'll give it all to Jesus? And, of course, what this is talking about is your finances, but not, not only your finances, but most importantly, your life. Because if you give your life to Christ, your finances will follow. And so that's the, that's the ultimate question that we're asking you today as we sing this song, All to Thee. Will you give your whole life to Jesus? And when I say that, I mean everything. What you do with your life, your times of pleasure, your times of work, how you spend your money, how you give your money. Will you give it all to Jesus. Because that's what Christ wants from you. He wants your life. And if you've never made a commitment to Christ, I invite you to make that commitment today. To accept the, 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 the Savior as your Savior. But not only as your Savior, but also as your Lord. And by doing that, you're saying, Christ, I am committing my life to follow you. And I give everything I have and everything I am to you today. If God's dealing in your heart today, we invite you to come to make that commitment to Christ. If God's dealing in your heart today, we invite you to come to unite with our church as we seek to be the people of God, the presence of Christ in this world. If God's dealing in your heart today, we invite you to come. If you need some prayer, we will pray with you. And we invite you as we sing together, number 482, All to Thee, would you come? Go into the world with eyes to see the needs of others, with ears to hear their cries of joy and sorrow, and with hands ready to give. For you go in the power of God to be the children of God. Amen.